Hello and welcome to another episode of Lucian with Duncan and Jonathan. As always, I am Duncan. And as always, I'm Jonathan. And we are joined once again by my sister Kai. Hello. This is not, we're not going to do Mass Effect again. We're going to be talking about um, the Super Mario franchise and its arch rival of sorts, um, the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. So I'm going to throw it with Jonathan for the first bit because he had, he actually had a Genesis and an NES, or at least access to said during their heyday, so, <laughs> whereas Kanye did not. Definitely, I mean, <laughs> especially my childhood, my grandparents, you know, they had a band, and the Nintendo system just happened to be a part of that band, and that's where I got my first-hand experience with the Mario Brothers Duck Hunt game, Duck Hunt, rather, if yeah. you remember that game. <laughs> And you remember that one? Yeah, the the only duck hunt I remember is the one that Will got for Christmas that was the gun you plug into the TV. Yeah, that's the same one. The same basic format. Which just never happened to shoot right on target. It was all... <laughs> you would always just miss the... Now, in the case of Super Mario Brothers... You know, it really established, you know, Nintendo in terms of the U.S. sales. Like, it was a big, you know, franchise for them because once we get to, you know, gaming, you start to see a lot of mascots pop up, which we'll get to on Sonic's and later on. But Mario was like the figurehead for Nintendo. Like, to this day, when you think of Nintendo, that's one of the first characters that'll pop in your head. It's worth noting that the Mario character was first introduced in the uh, Donkey Kong series. He <laughs> was kind of like an NPC <laughs> before it was an NPC because, you know, he was just in the background not really doing too much. Yep. So that's where his whole role originated. But once they started to make the, you know, the series, they started to flesh out okay, they're plumbers and they go through pipes to, you know, get the question mark blocks with. And those are your friends, because those are where you get your power-ups, like your um, fire flower and things of that nature. So don't miss them. Like, if you're a first-time player of that series, you want to get the question mark blocks. Boy, you want to get them. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that... Sorry, talking over here. But one of the things that we did is we did not get our first... Home console until was it 2012? We got the PS3. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. So. It was, we so, were definitely the older crowd to get them. Yeah, like I guess it. And, um, and one of the first games I got for it um, was Sonic Generations, which was the 20th anniversary <laughs> celebration. It was right around the time of the 20th anniversary, right about that. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Especially if you brought a Genesis at the time, Sonic the Hedgehog, at least for my particular console, was already included. You know, it was a freebie that they got. <laughs> yeah, it was the packing for a lot of the. I'm going to say second run of that first. or second wave, whatever the wording would be. Because I, I still remember what the cover of mine looked like. It said. Not for individual resale, like it had that big white and red sticker that just said, you know, not for individual resale because 
then let people know, like, okay, this is what comes with this pack. You know, it's a package deal. And then it became so successful that, you know, Sonic had to do Sonic 2, which is probably still my personal favorite one out of the series, if I'm being honest. That was just a very fun time. Yeah. With, with Tails the Fox. <laughs> yeah, with Tails the Fox. And then Sonic 3, we had an introduction to Knuckles. You know, that whole thing. Oh. And then if I remember correctly, Tails got his own spin-off game not too long after that. Though I can't remember if I played it. I may have rented it at least one of those times, but I don't remember owning hmm. Now, with Mario, speaking of spin-offs, since we're talking about Mario, I can say, had two super successful spin-offs. One, Mario Kart. Because <laughs> Mario Kart was the talk of that town and still pretty much is. Especially due to one course in particular, and if you play Mario Kart at all, you probably know what, what, what course I'm referring to. More than likely, if you heard the name Rainbow Road and you weren't familiar with where it came from, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of which, we mentioned this, I want to say, in the last, on my birthday, so we didn't. We mentioned that we were going to see the Super Mario Brothers yes. remake. Well, the, Which what we a movie! Did, and that was a fun part of that remake. Yeah. Well, that movie. Yeah. It wasn't really a remake because they did have a different plot from the live action one, but it was still fun. Yeah. All right. So actually, Kai, why don't you just talk about the movie for a minute here? Can... So, as someone who hasn't played any of the games, at least not on a regular basis. Um. There were a lot of things that I didn't get the references to, but it was still a very fun movie, even if you haven't seen or played any of the games. And actually, some of my friends had that same opinion, because my other friend, she wasn't as familiar with the Mario series, but she said she still enjoyed the film overall just because of how fun it was. Now, when we talk about one of the other spinoffs that Mario kind of generated, oh, we're not leaving Mario Party out of this. We can't do it. <laughs> because both Mario Kart and Mario Party kind of had that whole multiplayer energy. Like, you go over to a friend's house, somebody got an N64 before you get all having control and go at it. Because the general consensus of Mario Kart is a racing game. For all my racing fans, it, somehow may have never played Mario Kart. The thing is, you're going to race around the track, you're going to get your power-ups, especially your turtle shell. You need your turtle shell. <laughs> you're trying to advance around those courses, and some of them are trickier than others. Bowser's Castle being one great example. <laughs> you're going to want to get your power-ups, the gold stars, whatever you have to do to be able to win because you want to get first place you don't want to be left in eighth place although it's happened to me before <laughs> it's very tricky because don't think just because you're in first place on the first lap you're going to automatically win because it doesn't Rain happen shells. now Mario Party meanwhile their whole setup was okay it's a board game you have a game board 
around on said game board, and you have a bunch of mini games in between it. <laughs> the more you win, the better your chances are. Although I should mention that in some of the more recent installments of Mario Party, it's more left to chance. It's just all left to chance. It's only how you roll the dice because yep. you could be up one minute and one mini game goes south. <laughs> it could all be up. I would say, with all due respect to the original series, in some ways, Mario Kart and Mario Party have kind of overshadowed the main series in which they came from. Hmm. In some ways, because you know a new Mario Kart release is going to be on the schedule. You know a Mario Party. When you have a Mario Party game devoted specifically to hundred and most popular mini games, I think that says a lot. Yep. Then on Sonic's end, we also kind of had a Mario Party-esque game for them as well, but I don't think it did as well as the former. I think it did, you know, just okay. You know, one of those titles with Sonic has always been one of those where the more traditional games sell well with the spin-offs, they kind of usually don't do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, think about it. I think the only dedicated Mario game I've ever actually played wasn't even really dedicated Mario. It was Super Smash Bros. Yeah, which is like all of together. <laughs> yeah, which I guess we can count it as a spin-off, but then it could also be a spin-off for a lot of other franchises, too, because, you know, Pokemon's involved, because I played it as Jigglypuff more than a few times. <laughs> yeah, and they also have a bunch of Sega characters, Sonic being the main one that's been added to that. Yeah, like, it's just a lot of crossover. And, you know, Kirby also, you know, because Kirby, everybody played as Kirby. I think that was the go-to character for a lot of people, because... <laughs> You know, you can use him to your advantage. Now, I should also mention the two Olympic Games theme uh, titles that came out involving Mario and Sonic. Yeah, there are a bunch of those now, you're right. Although, I don't know how the sales were because Olympic theme things, they're good for. Let me see, what, what's the word I want to use here? They're very... Hmm, what's the word I'm using here? Timely. In the sense that if you're going to sell anything with Olympic things, you need to sell them right away. Do not wait <laughs> until, you know, the Olympic Games are over and then say, oh, by the way, here's our Olympic game theme title because it won't sell as well. And then Sonic and Mario both had animated series as well, so we can mention them. Several, in fact. <laughs> Several, in fact. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Sonic the Hedgehog also got two live-action films in recent years. I've seen the first trailer recently. I haven't watched the second one yet. Yeah. I have yet to see the second one myself. The first one I remember seeing with 
you know, the second I still have to get around. So it's just like one of those things where if you're a franchise follower, I'm calling for lack of a better word. So I'm going to slip through, either slip through cracks completely, or you just be like, I get to it when I get to it. Now, I should mention that Sonic probably has a worse reputation when it comes to gamers because a few of the titles weren't as well received. I'm trying to think of one right up top. Was it Sonic X I'm thinking about? That's one of the TV shows. Um, let's see. <clears throat> let's see. There's um, the, two, the, the um, 2006 um, anniversary rush job comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, that one was just not well done at all. And then if we're getting back to Mario, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Super Mario 64, which basically kicked off the whole N64 wave as we know it. Because it was really one of the first ones where the graphics were a little updated. And, you know, it really drew a lot of people in a lot of times. Super Mario 64 was the first title that a lot of them would buy, so it was, you know, the decision to put that out was a smart move. And then, of course, you had Paper Mario, which was always an interesting platform because, you know, it wasn't sure run the mill. And I cannot forget about Dr. Mario either because that was, a, you know, that was. Dr. Mario, for one, was a puzzle game, so it was a little bit different from. What we saw on, you know, the first initial Super Mario Brothers uh, platform style when it wasn't trying to be another party game like Mario Party and racing wasn't a part of it, so it really stood out. <laughs> and then if we're talking about Luigi, we got to talk about Luigi's Mansion because that was a huge. I don't know how long it took them to come up with that game, but. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion, for all intents and purposes, was super successful. Oh, yes. To this day, when people think of the GameCube, it's one of the ones that you hear come up in conversation a lot. <laughs> I mean, it just will. Now, that is to say that every Mario game <laughs> that got put out was successful because you had the whole Philips CD whole thing that whole run which is just for his purpose <laughs> if you've never played it just, just skip it don't leave <laughs> just take our word for it it's not what you really want to waste your time trying to find it's not worth it <laughs> no. now I will say for both Nintendo and Sega, like we said, uh, Mario and Sonic were the faces of the company for a while, you know. In ways that, for example, Sony and Microsoft never really had. Like, you know, Microsoft and Sony, they just kind of, they had mascots, but they never had one specific mascot representing the front face of the company like that. No, you're right. I mean, I, I mean, I guess the um, one for Microsoft would be the Master Chief from Halo. But even then, Master Chief isn't. Not everyone knows who Master Chief is. Like you kind of know, but it's not as in your face. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. You brought up a good point. I feel like Mario is well known to even people that, and Sonic is well known to even people that don't play games at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not in even the world. Yeah, yeah. Or as Master Chief, and I guess the, the what now, this is also, you know, he's since gone third party as well, but, but the um, go to default mascot for the PlayStation 1 was, I want to say, Crash Bandicoot was the one. That, that, I would say that's the closest thing that Sony would have because, you know, more often than not, people play the Crash game. Now, a close second might be Jack and Daxter because if you were around that time, you might remember that, you know, it was also a platform game, but not to the extent that Crash was well known. Now, I should mention that the voice of Mario is also kind of well known too because you know everybody kind of knows like if you're in the Nintendo world at all you kind of know the voice actor's name and you kind of know that Wario and Mario voiced by the same you know by the same actor it's just and Wario was supposed to be like I don't even want to call him evil he's more like an antagonist to where Mario's at and speaking of antagonists, let's talk about Bowser. <laughs> yeah, we gotta talk about Bowser. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with what Bowser looks like, picture, if you will, if Godzilla and Dinosaur kind of had a baby and it had a monstrosity and it was in a huge castle and it breathes fire for no apparent reason but do I actually came across a very interesting um, theory about Bowser and why he tolerates the way uh, Mario breaks his stuff in the way he does. That Mario, as a child, had a pet turtle. And when the pet turtle got too old or whatever and parents ended up having to get rid of it, it got flushed down the toilet, which is why it's in the sewers and found its way through the pipes and got to those kingdoms. So, Bowser is actually Mario's turtle and just trying to catch Mario's attention and he gets super upset when Mario doesn't recognize him anymore. So he's not really a Koopa, he's just a... He's a mutated turtle. He's had a few too many power-ups and is permanently stuck in that more humanoid, well, mixed between a turtle and a Koopa. Yeah. And we should also mention Princess Peach because she plays a role in a lot of the you know first initial Mario games, and then she'll pop up as a playable character throughout Mario Kart, Mario Party, you know all those Smash things. Brothers. Yeah, like, <laughs> Princess Peach. Everybody knows about, and everybody knows about Toad. Which Toad? I don't know how you describe it. <laughs> I don't know if he's a human or he's a mushroom clown or what's going on. Because he's got that mushroom looking head. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to deal with. And I should mention that Bowser is also a lot of times the final boss that you will get to in a lot of those games. Like, you see him, you know what time it is. 
in Mario Party, he can and he will steal your coin. Which <laughs> he can take every coin he can find. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, yeah, the Eugene Krabs Guide to Gaming comes back. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> um, now in Sonic's case, nine times out of ten, the villain is going to be Doctor Robot. Or Eggman, depending on <coughs> which installment. Or in some or cases, it's both. First installment, the second installment. Once you get the Robotnik, you pretty much already know what's about to happen. Yep. That's getting, and, and, and I will say, both Mario and Sonic were created before, you know, a lot of gaming guys. You know, they, that's when they started printing up a lot of the gaming guys now. Do I know anybody who beat either one of the Mario and Sonic games? Not personally. I'm sure there were some, but none in my circle could hit that far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From from what I've always understood, those are the sorts of games where you can lose in such amazing ways for all that they were basic platformers that it was more about having fun playing and whether or not you won was kind of a moot point. That's a fair point. And for those two games, I will say they provide you with a lot of hours of replay value. It's a high amount of replay value because, you know, Mario, you had a whole question block thing and the whole, you know, pipes that you could go down and you might find the power ups there. And then Sonic, of course, I see a lot of the two player stuff that you used to do where you collect the rings and you're going around that whole track. You kind of. Might have so much fun playing that you forget about the main game. It's just like, give me the ring. You know, the whole casino, you know, the whole casino level where you're getting a lot of power ups there, you might kind of be stuck over there. <laughs> you might be like, okay, maybe I don't want to play the main game <laughs> right now. Times. Yeah, how many times? Because sometimes that mini game that you love and you're real good at, you might not get them. You might get the one and you're just hopelessly lost. I would say for me personally, um, the mini games that I probably took to the most, Honeycomb Havoc, I like that one. I was always pretty good at that. But anything that involves spinning around, Especially when you have uh, a touchpad and a touchscreen for me. Yeah, touchpad, yeah. yeah. That's always fun. <sighs> and then Sonic, you know, is more about, like we said, collecting rings and more so than that. That's what most of the talk was. It wasn't like, did you beat the game? It was more like, how many rings did you get? <laughs> yeah, and how many, and, and, and did you get the Chaos Emerald at the end of, the, at the end of each world? Or zone. Yeah. And wasn't there something about rescuing animals from Robotnik? Yeah, yeah, the robots. Who, yeah, every time they hit them, yeah. a little rabbit or a bird would pop out. You're right. Yeah. 
And for those of you who may not have seen Robotnik at all, let me see if I can explain this whole character. Paint this picture. He's like a mad scientist dude, and he got a long beard, and he got glasses on, so you can't really see his face. And a bushy mustache that missed. Yeah, very bushy mustache. Very in the games, yeah. but he was played by Jim Carrey in the movie. The live action one, at least. Yeah, and he had not, and he was felt. He was not, um, it was not like Uncle, I mean, think of you like, or like Fester Adams is how you would usually Yeah, comic Adams. Fester Adams, or yeah. original cartoon Fester Adams. Yeah, with, with just a bushy mustache and goggles or sunglasses, depending on which version you're talking about. Right, yeah, it depends. And we, for all my Adams fans, we, we gonna get, we gonna get to Wednesday, don't trip, we will get there. Just, just bear with us, we will get to the whole Adams thing. Especially given the fact that it's, you know, back in pop culture, the big way. We will we, get there. But with the movie reboot and the Netflix TV show. Right, we will get to that. Especially for all my Jane Ortega fans, I know y'all salivating, I know. We'll get there. Um, for Mario, it's it's quite interesting they chose to do another film because the first Mario adaptation, well, it has its charm, but it wasn't success. The first one, the people who were in it obviously had fun doing it, but it the technology wasn't right for. No. What it. And I would say, I think if you're going to do a gaming film, I've always said this, you need people, you need like a consultant, a creative consultant to kind of come in and say like, okay, this is what makes the game what it is. I don't think you should just hop into a video game theme project <laughs> without really knowing what makes it tick because then you kind of throw all extra stuff that wasn't it. You can overdo it, is what I'm saying. Like, for example, anything that you both put out based on a video game, eh, no. Nope. Yeah, I mean, and the thing, that's a whole episode unto itself, I think. Yeah, the thing about him is that he always makes the attempt. He always attempt. He knows what the game is supposed to be. He just can't direct his way out of a paper bag. Yeah, I mean... He is to gaming movies what Tommy Wiseau is the drama movie. If you know what that reference is, you know why I say that. Where <laughs> was the room? Oh, oh, we gonna get that's gonna get his own episode in the future. Trust, we will get it. And if we can track it down, the book it was based on. <laughs> right now, for Sonic. If you recall, if you were on Twitter at that time, or social media at that time, that had to redesign the character because it was a huge online backlash to the first initial trailer. So they had to kind of come in and, you know, uh, rearrange things. To be fair, the one of the initial trailer was Nightmare Fuel. Like, even yeah. if you've never played any of the games and had no context for what the movie's going to be about other than it's... Blue Hedgehog Go Fast. <laughs> It was yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yeah, the eyes were wrong. The nose was... It, it was beyond unbelievably terrifying. Yeah. Just into, that's wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can see what they were trying to go for, and I hope it was that um, ILM was trying to <coughs> shame Paramount into giving them a bigger budget. You <laughs> hear about stuff like that all the time, where they release something that's a pre—it's not ready yet, and they say, "Okay, if you don't want this to be in the main final product, give us more money." <laughs> Right, it could have been one of those situations, or you know, it could have been an elaborate trouble for the whole way that you know a lot of game developers might patch certain things. Which that could also be a legitimate theory too. Like I, I didn't think of it that way, but I just thought about it. could be a re, you know, a nod to how a lot of times uh, gaming developers kind of will release a game, but it's unfinished or they have something else going on. And then later on, they'll release a few patches for it. Yeah, that could have been like a tongue. supposed to make it better. Yeah, yeah, tongue and chink. Um, industry jokes that they that didn't that didn't go over well. Yeah, I can I can see that. I hope so because if they actually meant it to look that way, that's just wrong. Well, in fairness, the creator, the original head of Sonic Team. I think passed away right before the movie came out, or am I thinking of someone else? I want to say, like, somebody within their team, and I can't remember the name, but somebody in there <coughs> passed away right before. Yeah, either so last year's after the sequel, or it was the first one right before the pandemic hit. But there's also another thing to bring up, that, that Sonic was one of the last... Um, theatrical films to be released before the COVID pandemic. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the few, one of the last ones that got in here before, you know, the world as we know it kind of effectively shut down. <laughs> and it's worth noting that the Mario Brothers movie was released, you know, well after. Well, I don't want to say the pandemic is old, but it's definitely less than what it was. So, you know, it's in that weird space where we still see it in the theater, but it's also available to stream at home if you would like to. Because they're, they're doing a lot of promo for, like, get in there. Yeah, like, money, money. Yeah, like, you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like when I saw the ads for them showing it, it was going to be, you know, streaming. It was just like already, like, I understand we're doing a quick turnaround, but that's just rather quick. Well, that kind of makes sense. People are still scared, and with. They have to market to the widest range of people so they can actually make enough money coming back through. And if, with streaming services, a lot of them, you have to pay like some sort of extra member's fee to get these movies so quickly after they've been at theaters. Otherwise, you kind of wait roughly the same amount of time. So that way they're able to get their money back. And some movies will have like extra incentives in, in the viewing itself for actually going to the theater. Kind of like the, that's something that the um, Dungeons & Dragons movie did. They had a little snip in the beginning where all the actors got together and thanked the people for seeing it in the theater. Yeah, I saw that same one. I figured it was an incentive. And then, um, let me see. For Sonic, it feels like you know, when they released the second film, it seemed like they ramped up the promo a whole lot. Not saying that the first promo film film promo was weak, 
but it feels like they really wanted you to see their second one. Like they were really pushing for the Mario Brothers movie. It got promo, but I feel like it was a little more widespread on um, YouTube and in theaters rather than TV spots. Because I saw a few, but I didn't really see it to the effect where I saw Dungeons and Dragons with Every time you turn around, you saw a TV spot for it. Yeah, that's one thing Paramount and Hasbro are good at. They're good at promotion. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I will give them. Cause they, they will make sure whatever film they have coming out, they will promote. I do hope that if the Mario Bros. movie gets a sequel of some kind, that they kind of ramp up the well, promo. Not saying it was leave, terrible. They did leave the Easter eggs to put up for a sequel to the Mario's movie. Will there be a third Sonic film, do you think, or are they going to stop it at the set? I, I think there's enough they can do with the uh, with Knuckles, and also there's a bunch of other characters they can bring in, like, like, uh, like, uh, like, like, Chaos comes to mind. Um, was, he, was, that was a big part of the most recent mainline game release. Yeah, and actually, <clears throat> that was the thing, that was part of the stinger of the second one is that they actually is that Shadow is actually there, and the, that was the that was the main sequel hook for. <laughs> so, so it's kind of reminiscent of Spider Man Three in a sense because if, if you remember if, if you saw the third Spider Man film with Tobey Maguire, you know that Venom actually plays a large role or that whole character plays a large role in that particular film. Yeah, and that was not the original plan because um, that's the only reason that that's why Venom was so how do I want to put this poorly received from that one because because Sam Raimi was open about the fact he did not want to have Venom in that storyline yet. He was saying he was going to save him for, I want to say, his plan was to have him in, what, the fifth one? I think so. Because he wanted to do Sounds the Vulture right. after. He wanted to do the Sandman for the third one, Vulture for the fourth one, and then I think Venom was supposed to come in in the fifth one at the earliest. That's why the third film. And, and, and I will say, I still watched it, but I felt like the third yeah. film... And we'll, we'll touch on that or more, you know, we'll touch on that. <coughs> so I felt like the third film was a little disjointed. Like, it kind of was just, like, all over the place with it. And then, you know, Tobey Maguire did seem to not help that. No. So, you know, it's, it's good to see that, you know, the Mario Brothers movie, at least, even if you don't get all the references, at least that made sense. At least you can tell somebody was in it. You know, the director's chair and the producer's chair had an idea. Okay, that's where we want to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, they could have easily gone the uh, Pokemon, the first movie route, where they had, where they just threw everybody in, no context, and also the fact that they didn't advertise this, well, it's not very well, that it was not a standalone, it was in continuity with the TV series. <laughs> Yeah, which left a lot of the adults in the deep who didn't know about Pokemon at all looking at it like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Because they didn't explain, like, okay, what's the concept of Pokemon? <laughs> what the heck is in Mewtwo? What, what's going on with Pikachu? 
Yeah, I mean, which is why, now, Kai, you can back me up on this because we actually wanted to see it together. Which is why I think they handled um, uh, Detective Pikachu much better than the other mainline films well, in that. So the other mainline films had the. They were planned to be part of the series. So the mainline films were straight from the comics, basically. They were stuff that happened in the series, so people who were reading the manga knew it was going to, knew it was going to happen. It, it was able to introduce characters that were basically canon, just not seen very often. It's if at all. And that's also kind of something that anime does more there than um, a lot of other things. So with that being an animated. An anime series from Japan made it a little different. It was also built around the card game. So when they had new releases of cards they wanted to do, it made more sense to do it that way. And I'm not explaining it very well. No. That that's also why they put the short Pikachu vacation up there, just to kinda, you know, capitalize off the buzz that Pikachu was getting because he was the front face of Pokemon for a lot of people, so they kind of just said, okay, we'll, we'll throw a short in there and we'll have Tugger P on there and we're going to introduce a couple of characters because Snubble was introduced out there, so then it, you know, goes into that. Now, for the Marker Brothers movie, I feel like they do a better job of kind of showing, like, okay, this is what each character represents. Sonic 2, I can say, like, for those that are unfamiliar with Isaac game, I feel like for the neophyte, they can learn better from those too. Because this is what Sonic does, and this is what Roll Tails plays, and this is, you know, what Mario and Luigi do. Like, they really set it up, and they set up canon to say, like, okay, this is what it is. Yep. And then, now, this is also, I was going off on a candy here, but it is somewhat related. And then you have the 2016, I don't want to say adaptation because it does take place in the same timeline as the video games, Assassin's Creed movie with um, Michael Fassbender. I still haven't seen that one. But yeah. No, it's been on my watch list, but I haven't actually watched it yet. Okay. Yeah, because that one was came in and I said, the Joe's TV sequel, but that's not like, like Ubisoft and I want to say, um,. Sony Pictures have said it is coming at some point. It's a lot like Prince Persia, so weird. Yeah. You know, those that know what the game kind of know what it is, and then, you know, those that are outside of the loop or out of the loop, they kind of just like, well, what's the significance of this? And then there's the Tetris film, which I understand. Why Apple did the way they did it, but I feel like the release should have been wider than it actually was. You know, I feel like we could have at least gotten a theatrical release because, you know, you might open yourself up to more people that watch. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Just making an Apple TV exclusive. Okay. Um, Assassin's Creed was licensed to twenty. What was then Twentieth Century Fox Disney canceled the sequel after the buyout was finalized. 
Uh, apparently, Netflix has optioned a um, live-action installment in some form, but it is, but it's not known if there's any direct connection to the film. So it'll just be its own thing. And then I'm wondering if we could see another potential signing TV series out of this, given the fact that the film were received. Yeah. But I don't know if we'll see another animated series out of this, but I, I could see it happening if the right people get involved. And then there's also the, um, still, no, it has not been officially confirmed, but there's, but, but uh, by either EA, BioWare, or <coughs> Amazon. But uh, Mass Effect is expected to get a, so it's a series at some point. Sorry. <coughs> <coughs> on a uh, trending topic for a while now, so I don't know if they're starting it right now, if it's still in pre-production for you, I don't know what the deal is. Well, now that um, Henry Cavill's not as busy, because he's no longer playing Superman, he's no longer playing The Witcher, he's no longer... I'm really upset about him getting... Not about the Witcher, and that's a whole other complaint and story. <sighs> False allegations that they decided to go ahead and get rid of him anyway, and that's just. The point. Mean, <coughs> Sorry. The whole Winchester situation, which just got canned after one season. You would think it being a spinoff of one of the biggest CW shows ever, you would think we have a little more staying power, but no. Yeah, that's why I think there needs to be, like, the standard order for stuff like that. There needs to be a minimum of two installments or two seasons, depending on the exact medium. <sighs> Unless it completely fails at the box office or on the Nielsen ratings. But, yeah, there really needs to be more, like, there needs to be more room for growth, let's say, guaranteed going in. I feel like, you know, one of the things that I can say here, Potter got right, is that they allowed... And I'm going to say Scholastic Publishers, too. They kind of allowed this series to kind of roll slowly. Like, it wasn't yeah, like... A slow okay, burn, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, It was like, okay, well, the first book isn't going so well, so let's just can the whole series. No, they just let it ride out because they understood, like, okay, it takes time for some, certain uh, franchises to get to a point where, you know, they do extremely well. I would say the momentum for Harry Potter really didn't to, to me, when I started seeing momentum pick up, it probably was about Prison of Azkaban. I feel like that's when you start to see more, more momentum kind of take over. Okay. We just passed the 40-minute mark here. Um, so, yeah. So, how about this one? The Homeboy video game publisher. Oh, gosh. Think EA is big, think Bioware is big. Well, Bioware is not really... Well, okay, not Bioware. I'm going to say Blizzard. Yeah. Activision. EA and Blizzard is big. Oh, this is going to be worse. (laughs) Because other companies might release unfinished games, yes. I'm I'm looking at whoever put their more recent WWE games because what was that? Although it has gotten better with the most recent. Previous install. Yeah. 2020 in particular, but that was a special case. Yeah, that was just a mess. It'd be worse than that. It'd be like 
the most you might get from them is Genesis 16 bit game. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> and not good quality ones, mind you. No, not good quality ones. They be, they be the ones you get on them simulated a lot of times. Yeah. And they're they going to be the ones that no online say don't look for that because it's the homeboys and you're not getting it. <laughs> Their idea online might still be dialogue, I'm telling you. If you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. Catch them on a good day. <laughs> you're not going to get, you know, multiplayer. You're not going to get, you know, always online, which I guess that could be a good thing because heaven knows always online could be a bane or a good thing depending on who you ask. Yep. Matter of fact, I think the homeboys work for EA. I think that's what they do. I think they work for EA and no one say nothing. I think that's exactly. Because their, their reputation, I'm going to say, and we'll talk about in a future gaming-themed episode how EA's reputation went from highly respected to just like, oh, no, not them again. <laughs> okay, so... Alright, so I guess we'll end this we'll here, and um, we will try and plan our next episode. We've got no one will do this, guys. So, um, are we still recording? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Wow. Okay, so, Jonathan, you want to give out the, you want to give the outro? Until next time, people. Okay.